Alrighty, so paradigm shift. Um, I thought it was interesting that you know this week. I mean, there, you, I, you guys realize that the Hollywood is is actually more prophetic than most church most churches are, uh-huh. and they're actually probably I don't know how many years ahead of the church. You know, if I was if I was very mystical, I would do some kind of reading the movies and and be prophetic off of that. But let me tell you this real quick. So. All of the Marvel movies, there's so many movies that are about DNA. Captain America, DNA. Hulk, DNA. Uh, Thor is not DNA, but the most Iron Man is almost DNA, but it's a whole heart thing, right? (laughs) Okay. So you need a new heart to be superhero, right? That's Iron Man. Uh, Of course, everyone's watched The Matrix, you know, there's a whole thing in that type deal. But so, so it was a few years ago, there was all these teachings in portion of the church on DNA, and the movies were all about DNA, and I'm going like, what's up with the DNA? And there's this whole uh, new age thing with the DNA. So everyone's after changing the DNA. (laughs) And I said, who's going to be the first one? Will it be the believers who get their DNA totally like the Father? Will it be the scientific community who's done the genome mapping? Will they be the ones to, to align with the DNA? Will it be the um, demonic who are trying to, to mix the DNA of humans with whatever's? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's going to be the first one to get to cross the finish line of achieving their DNA goal? And I, and I just kind of just threw it out there to the Lord. He says, the one who wants it most. I wanted, I wanted to hear him say, my people will be the first ones. But to, <laughs> So I wanted him to say, but he says, who wants it most? And I'm like, oh, but, 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 but. And so and it's only been the last few years I've heard, like, you know, uh, taking communion is a way and believing and stuff. And I'm like, so when, when, when a friend of mine told me she was doing communion three or four times a day, yeah. I thought, weirdo, <laughs> you know, yeah. until I got the teaching. And I'm like going, do I really want to be transformed? Right? <laughs> Will I take my cookie and Mountain Dew and have communion? Yeah. Because it's by faith, right? Mm-hmm. Will I take that eight okay. seconds? Huh? Yes. Okay. You can have a cookie. That's correct. You, you bring no, right? You know. So, but it is by faith, right? So, so you have to mix your faith with your action, right? So you can't. You can take a Mountain Dew and a cookie and have communion. Okay. Yes. Or you can, or you can do this. this. Is what I do. I just ask the angels to come and give me uh, beans and drip the blood of Jesus in me all night long. long well, long. see, that's even better. I'm gonna write that down. So, back to where we're going. So, I thought it was it was wild that this Friday, the movie 300 came out, the sequel to the first 300. Um, but this is called Empire Rising, and then we need to rise up to take our place. Yeah. Okay. We need to be the. And the Son of God came out, not when I started speaking, but earlier, a week or two ago? Last week. Yeah. And so the sons of God are being released mm-hmm. in public. Mm-hmm. And that Tale movie? Yeah, I don't know about Winter's that. Tale, it's, it's good too. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, so paradigm shift. Definition. A mm-hmm. fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions. A radical change in underlying beliefs. 
Okay, so it's about our beliefs. Our beliefs affect everything. Okay, you cannot have a relationship with God unless you believe God wants a relationship with you. Amen. Okay, so that your belief affects your relationship with Him. He wants to be with you, but if you believe He doesn't, if you believe He's mean or doesn't like you or is against you or any of those things, those false teachings, false doctrines. False, false, false. Then your personal belief system affects what he's going to do with you and for you. Now, it does not affect him sending Jesus to the earth, right? Right? Because he did that, right? And it didn't affect Jesus from dying for all mankind. But my belief of what I can do with him affects my relationship with him. So my beliefs affect everything. Every relationship with him, every relationship with angelic, Every relation with anything in his kingdom, right? If you believe they're, they're taboo, well then, okay. If you believe speaking tongues of the devil, well, you won't speak in tongues, right? Yeah. You don't, if you believe that speaking tongues is not for you, well, you won't speak in tongues no matter who's laid hands on you, right? Because your belief system, right? And so we're going to talk about beliefs, okay? Um, in Romans 1.17, the just live by faith, Right? What is faith? Faith is things that you trust in the things you believe in, right? Um, Hebrews eleven six, you know, um, classic verse. Now I just forgot remember. So Hebrews eleven six. Turn in your Bibles to Hebrews eleven six because it's a good, good scripture. It's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. I'm turning slowly, but turning faster now. But without faith, it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. This is amplified. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. So faith or our belief system is very important. We'll be able to believe our belief systems determine our engagements with our Lord, our Savior, our Jesus, actually they determine our engagement with everything. With people, with our cars. <laughs> you know, if you believe you have a lemon, well, that will determine how much money you put in your car. It will determine if you actually use your car. Example, I, my, my car has 200 and something, 220 something thousand miles. I chose to use a rental car to drive down here, right? Because my belief system was that probably wouldn't be the best thing for it. Now, my car would be fine. He'd come down here and go back. But I chose to do that. Um, yeah, it's probably my wisdom, too. So um, <laughs> we're going to have, uh, I'm going to base this belief thing off of two stories out of the, out of the New Testament, out of the book of Mark. We're going to talk about one, and it was funny that one's about a man, one's about a woman, okay? And, and, and I thought, God, why is that? Because sometimes we get kind of biased, you know, how we see how the Lord works with people. And, I, and he was like, well, this is to be good, you know, get a good perspective, because it's the same belief system, but we need to, we need to hear and, and engage and then adjust, Right. And the one, and the way I lay things out, you're going to see it. You'll see yourself in the story. You'll see what the person did in the story. 
and then you'll see what you should have done or what you'll do in the story, right? And we're all free to do whatever, right? We're free to grow or not grow, right? And so, but we're going to grow. But if you're taking notes, you want to go to like Mark chapter 1, and it's verses 39 through 42. And this is the, uh, who's this guy? This is the guy who was a leper. Lepers. Mark chapter 1, verses 39 through 42. And this leper, you know, I'm going to paraphrase it. We're going to read it (coughs) in a bit because you need to get this story into you because we're all faced with these kind of things. We, you know, our personal belief system on, obviously, you know, how we believe about um, trees doesn't necessarily affect our, our, how we believe and see the kingdom, right? So a session on my belief on pine trees, you know, willow trees and stuff, doesn't going to change really your view of the kingdom. Now, if you go about trees of righteousness, the trees planted by the river of life, maybe. But right now we're talking about our base, the way we believe, right? And then the Holy Spirit can bring things up to you and go like, ooh, you're believing not in agreement with me. Okay, so we're not in that point yet. But in anyway, Mark, Mark 1, this guy hears that Jesus is a healer. He says to Jesus, hey, if you're willing, um, you can heal me. And Jesus says, well, and he says he lays hands on him. And he says, I'm willing. And the man gets healed. And yay, right? The other scripture is Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, 25 to 34. Now, this is the same book, so when you go back and you go through this, wow, he's talking out of one book. How easy is that? You know. So the lady of the issue of blood, she heard about Jesus. She said to herself, well, she had this issue for a dozen years, right? Doctors couldn't help her. This is a bad situation. I like this scripture when I talk with people who have long-term issues, right? And the thing, when you have a long-term issue... The facts are so much in front of you, it's easy to believe your circumstances and your current reality more than the non-reality or the unseen realm, right? And so you, you have to get that person to start believing in what they don't see instead of believing and trusting what they see. They see the doctor's report. They see how they feel. They see the thing that's not there, whatever, you know. It's right here in their face, right? So this lady had gone all her do- all these doctors, spent all her money, and so what she had was real. It wasn't a, this isn't real. It wasn't a mental scent deal. This isn't, if I just don't believe it anymore, I'll go away. That was very real, right? But then she heard something that challenged her facts, right? She heard that Jesus could heal. And then she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. Then she acted on her belief and went to wherever he was. Wherever she was, she went to where he was, right? And then through all of the whatever she dealt with, um, she did it. She touched his garment, and she felt herself that he was, she was made whole. Then Jesus freaks out and goes, who touched me? And the disciples go like, who's in security? <laughs> We're supposed to keep him untouched. But the crowd is too big for us. We're only 12 men. What does he expect of us? And why is he asking who touched me? Who's he? He's been touched all day. It's the first time he mentioned it. You know? <laughs> Why is he being sensitive right now? You know, this is, you got to get the reality of what's going on here, right? How did Jesus feel that one person, something happened different, right? 
Is it possible we can get that level of sensitive? Do we want to be the level of sensitivity? That's the real deal. Now, for me personally, I've said very clearly to the Lord, I do not want to be that sensitive. Now, I said that from my own personal view of pain. I don't like pain. I don't like your pain. Okay? Not you personally, Kim. (laughs) But I don't like your pain, too. (laughs) I don't like anyone's pain, you know? Uh, and so scriptures like he was moved with compassion, right? Um, I didn't like that. I don't want. I don't like people's emotional pain. I don't like seeing a gash, you know. I don't like seeing a bone sticking out. I relate to that, you know. I don't like feeling it in you or in me. <laughs> if I can avoid it, I do that, right? Now that's not very good. I mean, in the big scheme of things, there's something about that, right? I have friends that are moved with pain and they pass out with blood. Well, that's not good. You're totally ineffective then, right? But there's some level of connection that's good. And there's some level of connection that I don't like. But I'm realizing that I need to be more connected. Okay? And he's slow, I'm slowly letting him, he's slowly working through this. We're in this process. And so how that's working with me, I went from, I don't care how you feel, which is wrong, <laughs> you know, to maybe I should care a little bit, you know. Maybe... Let me enter into your sufferings, right? <laughs> but I don't like the pain. So, but I'm now being more open to stuff. So one day at church, I felt pain. Now, there's some of you are feelers, you know. You can feel pain in your body. And you realize it's not your pain. It's someone else's pain. And you, somebody gave you the wisdom that you're not walking home like, my elbow's hurting. And you don't tell anybody. It's actually someone else, you know, it's that word of knowledge through feeling, you know. That helped me a whole lot. Oh, so I don't have to keep that? <laughs> it's somebody else's, you know. Yay, you know. So, but even I didn't like that either. I don't want to minister that way. And God goes, okay, you're not effective in this portion. Well, I want to be effective. Oh, no, you don't want to feel things. Can I get words still? Yes. You will be a feeler. How many people feel? A lot. Well, I'm just going to stay with my words. And I want words, I want scriptures with my words. All right, limit God. <laughs> you know. So I'm trying to be open to the Father's leading because sons of God are led by the Spirit. They're not picky in the Spirit. <coughs> so I'm trying to get less picky. Anyway, so one day I'm at church, and, um, and, and again, it's totally relationship, right? Okay, it's relationship. And so I didn't say, Father, I want to feel what you're feeling today. I said, hey, let's hang out. We go to worship. And I'm working on releasing my spirit, and he's a spirit. And, you know. and so this one, I was like, wow. And the word I got and the feeling I felt, the word was, there are people here who feel like uh, God is way up there and separate from their pain, their feeling. It was emotional pain. And the Lord goes, I am feeling, I am, they're not healed, and they're blaming me, but I'm not healed, and you follow me on this, and I'm not healed sitting in my throne all happy watching them suffer. I'm, I'm suffering with them until they believe they're healed. I'm feeling the same pain they're feeling right now. I went, really? That's what I said. And you're going to suffer with them until they get in their healing? 
wow, you really are one with us, right? That you're a pretty cool God because I wouldn't do that, <laughs> right? I would be like, get healed. I'm over here. <laughs> when, you're, when you're fixed, come talk. <laughs> you know, kind of. That's wrong, but that's just me. So I go, so I kind of, so I get the word, but I start feeling what he's feeling. He's feeling their loneliness. He's feeling their despair. He's feeling this ache. And it was, I didn't like it at all. I was like, you know, I'm thinking, and I was like, wow, that hurts. You know, it hurts as much as a, I haven't broken anything, and, uh, but I've twisted some things, right? It was painful. And I, I didn't like it. He was like, what do you think they feel like? Ooh. So I go to the microphone, and I'm not used to carrying a pain. I'm, I, can, I can carry a, an intense word, you know, that I got to get it out. It's like burning kind of thing. I'm, I've, I can handle that. But I, I wasn't doing very well with the, the image I got plus the word plus the feeling. So I was almost overwhelmed, if you will. And I had to get this out in a clear way. I couldn't go, people are feeling, you know, that's what that doesn't communicate very well, right? So um, I give the word, and the way it felt, I, I expected immediate response. I expected someone to run up and fall on their face, right? And go like, I didn't know God loved me enough to f- be with me where I am. That's what I thought they would do. No one responded. I thought, well, I felt that pain for nothing. (laughs) Why am I feeling the pain that doesn't exist? (laughs) So I give the word, and I had to leave early because my daughter was going to a a youth group that was meeting across town 20 minutes away, and that youth group ended earlier than our church meeting, right? So I pack up my drum and... We, you know, I sneak out from the front row, which you're not, not sneaking, you know, the big drum. And, you know. So I get to the back door, and this lady's running after me. I'm like, it's too late. You should have came up, you know. So I, don't, I, I stop. I go, yes. I'm the one. I'm thinking, why are you the one now? I mean, earlier. But I was, I'm a little used to, I don't need, I liked verification, but and I don't need it anymore, you know. But I was happy that she, I was, ha- I was happy for her because I felt her pain, you know. I thought, how are you living with this, right? Because in the Word it was, you're, you're coming to church tonight for relief, not for restoration. You don't want your, because you, you were actually holding on to the pain because it was your identity. And you come to church for relief from your pain, not healing, not removal of it. Because you weren't believing for healing, you were believing for lessening. I thought that's well, that's pretty bad. Because she didn't believe that God really cared enough to heal her, right? I thought, gee, He does, and you know. So she came. That's me. I go, okay. So I drop the drum, pray for her. So I pick the drum. So I'm like, no, it's me. <laughs> like, okay, it's you. Pray for her too. So anyway, so I'm getting better at feeling. But so this lady. Touches Jesus, he feels power leave him, right? And he moves that. So in both situations, the man and the woman, it was about what they believed. The guy believed, if he was willing, I'll be healed. She believed, if I could just touch him, okay? Uh, his belief was in Jesus' word. I need to know if you're willing. I just need to know if you're willing. I just need to know you're willing. I need to know that you're willing. 
I know you can, but are you willing to heal me? I need to know this. He laid hands on him. Nothing happened. He, Jesus, not Wally, not Benny, not anybody. Jesus laid hands. Nothing happened. But then he said, I'm willing. He got healed. Wait, time. Wait, time. I want Jesus to touch me. Really? Jesus touched this guy. Nothing happened. We'll look at this in a minute. The lady, how she got through the crowd, who knows, right? <laughs> and we've heard stories, and you hopefully you've seen the people demonstrated. And then she, but she said, if I could, you know, 12 years of battling stuff, 12 years of trying to, da 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 da, and, you, you know, but then if I could only touch the hem of his garment, her faith was, if I could touch, not if he touches me, huh? If I could touch him. That's where her belief was. So, where is our belief? Not just for healing, believing in general, right? So, what do you believe about this thing called the church? Huh. Okay. Um, we are the church. Are we? Jesus said, the church, I'm building the gates of hell will not prevail against. If you go to that place down the street called the church, are the gates of hell prevailing against it? They're called the church. Why is the gates of hell prevailing against you? Because well, we are the church. He said to Peter that I will build my church upon this rock. Right. But the word church there is the ecclesia. He was talking to him called as, out, as the yeah. person. As well, him. As, as yeah. he was the church and he was the rock. Right. So if we don't rec- agree with Peter, then we have a different agreement, right? Some people believe it's a gathering of people in a building, right? Jesus didn't say that. But if your mindset is, I'm with a group called the church, and we're having problems, then whose word is correct, right? So what are we believing? I'm just throwing things out there, things we need to deal with. Um, Christians, right? Wow, what does this word Christian mean? It's not a good word. I don't like it. And I don't like it, but here's the deal. If you accept the title Christian, it limits you. If you accept being Christ-like, you're now limited to your understanding of who Christ is. Right? If you think he's a son of God special and has had perfect blood, and he had a mother named Mary and Joseph, da 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 and you go like, my mother wasn't a virgin. You know, uh, my dad wasn't a carpenter. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. Then you can't relate. If you accept the title called Christian, which is called Christ-like, right? In the, in the book of Acts, when they call them Christians, that was not a compliment. It's a curse word. Are you accepting the curse? Do you believe in the curse? Do you believe in being limited? I did. Then I started like, I don't like that. Because, you know, your unbeliever friends, dude, you're a Christian. They have a mental image of that, right? When I got saved, all of, and this is no offense, all of my Christian friends were small white kids who were not popular, not athletic, not well thought of, but they were going to church. I got saved. I was not in that group. I didn't look like them. I didn't talk like them. I didn't have a small mind like them. I didn't have a small opinion of myself like them. I thought I had to be like that because 
we were under the title called Christian. I didn't want to identify with Christian because I didn't like anything I saw other than the heaven package, right? And I thought, well, if I got to be like, if I got to turn white, be afraid of my shadow, be unpopular, be not good at my sports, not walk in my gifting to be a part of the church and be a Christian, well, eternity's come a long time. Okay, I will be a small white kid, grow blonde hair, give up my gifts, uh, be a nerd, da 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 da. And then one day in the ninth grade, I'm in Kansas. Uh, three or four, this is 1975, three or four uh, members of the Kansas City Royals came to our school, public school. They were four Christians and shared their testimony. I had never seen a big Christian. I had never seen a muscular Christian. I had seen those bad Jesus movies where Jesus was like <coughs> very effeminate, you know. Uh, and I'm thinking like, that's my Lord, Right. And then I had my little white group that I was a part of, right? And, and, so, and all of a sudden, these guys show up. <laughs> I like that guy. He's batting what I don't like baseball, but dude, he's good. He's getting paid X thousands of dollars. I like that image of a Christian. I can be that. I'll take that, right? This is my belief system. Taught was I had a paradigm shift because in the ninth grade, four believers who are not ashamed of the gospel, who are walking in their gifts and calling to the best of their ability, showed up in my public high school. And I thought, wow, because all my Christian friends were like, are you coming to the Bible study? We're, we're going to have food. <laughs> Forget the glory, you know. <laughs> The temptation was food and teaching, right? What's your, what's your belief system on the gospel? This rock, I just heard this two weeks ago. The term gospel is a Roman military term. It, it does not mean the, the four spiritual laws. When the book of Mark, Mark chapter 1, when he says, this is the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, what the Romans heard were, what the Romans heard when they heard that teaching was wait. Their term for gospel was the ascension of a new emperor over a territory. So when they heard the beginning of the gospel of Jesus, whoa, there's a new king in town? There's a new government order? Someone's coming to take over the whole known territory? Who is this Jesus? I thought we were doing Augustus. Who's this guy? He's got a kingdom without end. What? We just got used to this system. This guy is good. Why do you mean good? All the Roman emperors tax and da 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 da. The gospel. So a gospel campaign in the Roman terms was once the king was the emperor was established, he had his territory that was under control. A gospel campaign was going taking more territory, was extending his kingdom and his reign, extending the king's domain, the emperor's rule. That was a gospel campaign. So back in New Testament times, when the gospel was spread, you know who spread the gospel? Another Greek or Roman term were apostles. The sent ones shared the message of the good news. The good news was there's a new king. And I'm going like, you mean it's not about, hi, if you accept Jesus, you get a smiley sticker? 
This is the Romans Road. And so if you pray after me, then you get a yellow sticker and some cookies, and you too will go to heaven and be happy like me. Do you want that? No? You don't want that? Why, why don't you want that? I'm happy. Every, every week I get cookies and juice. And, yeah, and, and, and you won't go to hell. You can live like hell, but you won't go to hell. What about now? That's what I heard. What I heard was, now that you've done this one decision, that's it. You have no more problems. Really? No more? No more. One saved, always saved. One saved, always Say the prayer, no more problems. I had more problems after praying the prayer than I did before I prayed the prayer. I was very confused for several decades, right? You know? But I got I drink a lot of Kool-Aid and some cookies. <laughs> I got a... Gained some weight, you know. That was the gospel I heard. So what do you believe about this stuff? What's your belief about being born again? John 3.3, 3, King James. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. <coughs> In the Hebrew it says you must be born from above. That's a big difference between born again and born from above. It sure is. A, there's a lifetime difference. Well, I know, here we go. So born again is... The image is the guy in the football field, John 3.16, you know, he must be born again, right? Okay, I can get an afro and be shirtless. Get a son. Must be born again. I need to have a new creation, a new life. Born again has been, has been set aside. It's a new club called Born Again, which means there's some people going to heaven, some people going to hell. I'm in the club because I prayed a prayer. Born from above, First John says, you can, those who overcome the world are born from above. I mean, wait a minute, overcome the world? You mean I can deal with my issues? God is in your heart and is in, a, in your heart as the Lord and Savior of your life. That's the beginning of it. Okay, so when, when I accepted Jesus in my life, I thought that was me being born again, and that is true. But born from above is letting the King be Lord of your life, letting Him grow you up, teaching you how to use your sword, teaching you to walk in wisdom, teaching you to change your atmosphere, teaching you to not only speak words of smarter than you were, but now words that change things, right? Mm -hmm. Allowing him to come out of you and express himself and not be, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't be God here. In the book of Peter says we're being, that's a continuous action verb, we're being born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Yeah, come on. It's a continuous, it's not a one-time event. So, so these are just, it's just, you know, we need to challenge our mindsets. And these are just things that are common terms that we play with, right? And we think we know they are, but this is who we are. Even ourselves, you know, when I look in the, for when I got, it was November 13th, 1981, when I stopped doubting my salvation. Because of my wrong understanding and beliefs, every time I had a problem, I would get saved again. I would go forward to a church meeting, and just in case if it was a rival, I'd go forward again, just in case, you know, to make sure. So I'm playing the circle game. Oop, thumb fell down again. So like a monopoly, I was going back to go all the time. I wasn't really progressing in my life. I was just getting saved over and over again because I didn't understand what it was. 
I thought Jesus was falling out of my heart because I sinned and, you know. But once you get an understanding of what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus, a new creature, I'm like, who's a creature? I'm not a creature. I'm a, I don't know what I am, but I'm not a creature. Because I think of creature, I think of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. That's the oh, word association, right? You know, I'm then like, I'm a new creature. <laughs> you know, I can see your tank. You know, I can see your your air tank. You know, <laughs> but that's a scary movie. You know? The creature of the light. But once you realize he made you totally new, and the word new is kainos, a new something brand new, never been before on the planet. If you just if you just meditate on that, he made me something that never existed before on the planet. My skin didn't change. My hand didn't change. I'm still thinking the same. So you're wrong. Or I trust what he said and then let him explain to me. Your spirit got born. Your spirit was dead until Jesus came into your life and came as a um, king of your life and then and then your spirit got born. Yeah, it's it's where it starts. Yeah. Yep. That's the beginning. So you get born again and your spirit is dead. And when you get born again, your spirit is alive. Yep. That's the beginning. But what happens is we stay right there. Yeah. We got a we got a little baby spirit. <laughs> we got a soul that's been as old as we are. Like I mentioned I'm fifty two, so I get my soul is fifty years old, my body is fifty years old, and my spirit man is since eighty one. So by logic my spirit can't be as mature, based on my teaching. My spirit can't be as wise and smart because it's had no experience. My soul, which has been around since day one and, and taking care of my, my body and stuff and taking care of me, so I must listen to my soul. No. Your spirit has been, is ever, been ever existing. Okay? It's eternal. Yes. Yeah. It's, I get confused with that, but it's, it, it lasts forever, but it has a start. Eternal has no end or start. Eternal's always been, right? I don't know if we've always been. I know we'll be always, but we had a start, right? I do know we pre-existed. We definitely pre-existed, yeah. Before we came here. Yeah, we're definitely pre-here. Yeah. We actually cooperated with God in our plan for Yeah, I believe that too. And, uh, you know, but, so we're definitely before Earth time, but I don't know if we were there when God started. You know. Anyway, so that's that's a whole different topic, right? But but our but our beliefs as to who we are changes everything. Okay, if you see yourself as a victim, you'll never be a victor, right? Amen. That's just you know, and that whole, there's a whole teaching there. If you see yourself as non being non non healable, yeah. and you won't walk as an overcomer. You need to play the drum when you say that stuff. And not a saint. Come on. That's right. Right. Yeah. Now the church calls you stuff, right? <laughs> so again, we need to challenge our belief on the Father. Who is the Father, right? And it's really, you know, there's uh, a group who's online now, the Father Heart of God, right? And once you find out that God loves you, He's got a plan for your life, and that's true in every area of your life, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Amen. But that's the paradigm shift we're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
We've got to deal with the beliefs we are because those beliefs stop us from doing what we, we can do. It's not that we can't do it, but our belief system stops us. Okay, and so um, so hopefully we we can turn you know turn to Mark one, and we're going to dig in a little bit more into uh, what this man believed and how this affects our belief system, and there are other things we need to deal with. So Mark chapter one, verse thirty nine to forty two. I'm going to read it this time and not paraphrase it. So he went throughout the whole of Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. And a leper came to him, begging him on his knees, and saying to him, If you are willing, you are able to, t- to make me clean. A funny thing that scriptures, some people read that and go, Oh, the way to healing is, you must come to Jesus on your knees. Now, so, the, so I've, I've gone to the to Mount, Mount Sinai. I've, I've walked up it. And um, the guy who built the steps to Mount Sinai carved them out of the stone. He did it on his knees. He believed that was his penance as a monk. Luther had that problem too. And so he thought that was the way to do it. Now, not because of this scripture, but I thought effective prayer, I had to be on my knees. Okay. The first prayer meeting I went to I dragged a godly young lady. I didn't tell her it was an all-night prayer meeting because <laughs> she wouldn't come. You know? But I wanted to see prayer. In my mind, I thought, this is, I don't know where this came from. I thought they were going to give me a monk robe, a candle, a long prayer list. <laughs> I was going to be assigned to a room, and I had to pray the whole time on my knees because that was the proper position for prayer. <laughs> I, walk, I ring the doorbell of my friend, her friend's name's Carol, and she's all excited because she loved the thing of God, right? She's just happy to be there, right? I'm like, what's going to happen here? I'm willing to grow in the Lord, even if it means praying on my knees with a candle, right? So we go there, and I never forget this. It was, the, the room was lit. I'm thinking, this is too bright. This is, not, this is beyond candlelight, right? I heard music, and I thought, there can't be music. We're going to pray. They walk in the kitchen. They had Coke and chips and a guitar. I thought... I thought this was a Christian gathering. I thought we were going to pray. Because <laughs> I'm looking for my cell, my monk robe, and the prayer. And um, they're like, we are going to pray. When does the prayer begin? <laughs> and they're worshiping God and making declarations. And I'm like, when are we going to pray? <laughs> and these are the intercessors from my church, right? And they're looking at me like going, we are praying. And I go, so after two hours go by, so when are you going to really pray? <laughs> I, mean, this, I had no concept of prayer, obviously, right? So that was my first prayer meeting I went to on purpose. I've learned since then, you know. And God loved me so much. He loves you too, but he loves me more. So um, he brought Paul Young Cho to Alabama, where I live, so I could go see, go to a prayer meeting with Paul Young Cho, I go to this meeting, and I, I didn't pray, as you can tell from that deal, and I didn't intercede for sure. Um, I go to this meeting, and he tells how he got there, or why he accepted the invitation to come to small town Alabama from, you know, at that time he was, had the world's largest church, you know. And he says, 
I received the invitation from sister so-and-so. I immediately threw it in the garbage. And every day, the, the letter that I received that I threw in the garbage would appear back on my desk. And I said, I'm still not going. <laughs> he threw it away again. And then uh, he kept throwing it away. Then one day, she appeared in his office. And I'm in the meeting going like, you can appear? Uh, this is 19, early 80s. I didn't know you could appear anywhere. <laughs> you know, I was like, you could, I went, you can appear? <laughs> and so he says, she appeared, we talked, and I came. And I'm like, you can appear? And then Dr. Cho talked a little bit. He says, okay, I want you to turn and pray with the intercessors next to you. I turn to this lady and I go, I don't pray. I don't pray. I don't pray. I don't know what this is. I don't pray. Please pray for you to pray. Son, it's okay. Because she loved God. I didn't know God. You know, I was saved, but didn't know God. Oh, was fun. But, so then I'm in the elevator with Dr. Cho. Like, he's in the elevator with me. I didn't talk to him. I just, I froze. Like, I thought somebody appeared. <laughs> no one appeared. But, so, our, my belief system of prayer was skewed. When, when the Lord moved me to Alabama and placed me in my first church, my view of prayer was the activity that people did who did not do things for God. They were, they were the B team. There were those who did things for God, then those who were like, pray. You know, Those were the people that were losers. So, um, so that was my view of prayer. My view of worship was... The, sound, the music that went on before, the good stuff. So can we hurry up that little sound thingy so we can get to the word? And so I learned about prayer and worship and got totally rocked off of that, right? And so, anyway. So, back to this guy who's on his knees saying to him, if you're willing, you are able to make me clean. And being moved with pity and sympathy, which I don't... I didn't have for a long time. Jesus reached out his hand and touched him. Now, at that point there, you would think the dude would jump up and go, look, my skin is back in my body. (laughs) My face is not falling off. My nose has been restored. Because it's leprosy. It's eat your skin away, right? He's not healed. It says here that um, reached out his hand and touched him and then said to him, I am willing be made clean. And at once, the leprosy completely left him, and he was made clean by being healed. Because the guy believed in him, the guy said, if you're willing, I need to know you're willing. I don't need a hug or a touch. My faith is in knowing that you're going to heal me. Okay. I was like, hmm, interesting. And so... Look at this. I want to throw out some 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 definitions, right? These and these I didn't hear about those. T- t- so a definition for faith, a definition for fear, a definition for doubt. Okay. Faith is believing or knowing the truth. Okay. Faith is believing or simply knowing the truth. Fear is believing or knowing a lie or or the false thing. Yeah. Okay. And doubt, not believing or knowing the truth. You're just kind of like, I don't know. 
Okay, that's doubt. I don't do formulas a whole lot, but let me share these formulas with you. I, I don't do formulas as in to get stuff, but these formulas that I got, I think are really interesting. I want you to hear these formulas. There's five formulas. And we're going to apply them to these two uh, stories, the story of the leper and the story about the lady. Okay, And we'll see if these formulas actually work because I think you'll be able to apply these in everything you do in every area of your kingdom life. If you're walking in faith only, I believe it, it will, you'll have great results with little, bit, little delay in having your results. If you're walking in faith and doubt, you may have some good results, but there'll be a great delay in time in achieving what you have. Okay? If you're walking in doubt only, you don't know what God's will is, you're not sure what's going on, it yields to frustration. Okay? Doubt only, frustration. Fear only, bad results. Okay? <laughs> doubt and fear frustration and bad results okay and all, every definition is all about some level of knowing right faith is knowing the truth fear is knowing the lie doubt is knowing nothing <laughs> okay very simple so if you if you any combination of those three things different things happen right so as i'm as going to read the story we're going to see what was going on here right and think about situations you're either in or, or going to about was I faith only, fear only? Was I in doubt? Was I mixing doubt plus faith? Was I doing fear only, fear and doubt? What was I doing? There's only five options here. Let me read it again. Faith only. If I'm walking in faith only, I know what's supposed to happen. I'm not doubting. I'm not fearing. I know. I know that I know that I know. Faith only, good results. But I've got faith. I know what God's will is, but I'm kind of wondering. i got some doubts. I'm not 100% sure. I believe that delays what can happen. It may delay it so much, I may give up and, and leave my faith. You follow me? I stop believing it's going to happen because it didn't happen in a timely manner. I believe the time factor is driven by the doubt. The amount of doubt I have. I could know God's a healer of everyone in the room except for black men. Oh, there's only one guy here who's black. You see what I'm saying? I saw him heal. You, 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 you. I'm 100% know he can do it, but I don't think he's willing on me. I'm doubting about me, so it may, it may take me some more time for me to get to where I know he can do me too because of my doubt. It's my doubt plus faith. That's why one scripture says, Help my unbelief, my doubt. I believe, but help my unbelief, right? So I know you can do it, but I'm wondering about me. I saw you do it everywhere, but I'm wondering, I have a doubt about me, right? So that little doubt, I think, is the delay factor. When there's fear, I've seen people, you, you, hopefully you didn't want that person, but you've seen this person go forward for prayer, and they're afraid. But usually in the church setting, they'll go forward with fear and doubt. I'm not sure this will happen, and I don't know it's going to happen, right? And that's not the good combination, right? 
When I went to Fred Price's church the first time years ago, you cannot get in the prayer line until you go through the book. It's a little pamphlet. And I thought, that's illegal. I said, that's illegal. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a book. <laughs> right? Jesus didn't go, disciples, all right, everyone, 5,000, for those for prayer, come over here, we'll give you a book. After the meal and the book, I need you to line up over here. It's not in the scriptures, right? Right? Unless it's in Kevin. Okay, thank you. So, let the record show that Kevin approved is not in the scriptures. <laughs> so, 10,000 believers will listen to that and go, who's that Kevin guy? I need, I need him in ministry now. You know? So, so, here's the deal, right? Here's the deal. So, and I'm like going, what do you mean I can't go in the prayer line with the book? Right? The book is about knowledge. So you would have no doubt. So you'd be a believer and not a doubter. You'd have no fear. So when you stand in line, if only I could be touched by Fred Price, I'd be healed. Which is not bad because the lady said, if I could only touch his garment, I'd be healed. So she had no doubt, no, no fear of being healed. She knew. I just do that, I'm in. And sure enough, it worked. Power left his body and she was healed, right? She knew what she, she, knew what she needed to believe in, right? The guy needed to know, didn't need to touch. He needed to know he was willing, right? So let's look at the story again. So back to the, the guy. Let's read it one more time. The leper came to him, begging him on his knees, saying to him, if you are willing, you are able to make me clean. He said, I believe, I know he can do it. I don't know if he's willing. If I have the knowledge of he's willing to heal me on my knees, being a leper, I've heard a rumor, there's some facts, I, read, I saw it on YouTube, <laughs> There wasn't, you know, Nazareth 2, 101, you know. So, but somehow he knew something, right? But he didn't know the whole part. He needed that thing answered. I need knowledge of this one thing. I need you to tell me. I need to know that you are, will do me. I know you have the ability. I know, you're the, I know that I know that I know. I know that I know that I know. But there's one thing I don't know. There's one area I'm doubting in. There's one thing I don't know. If you fill in the blank, I got it. So Jesus was a little confused. He laid hands on him. And the guy goes, I don't need you to lay hands on me. I need you to tell me. Right? As soon as he told him, at once he was healed. That's wild. I was taught, if Jesus touched me, I'd be made whole. Right? That's what I was taught, all right? And if you're taught that, your, your reality is, unless I see Jesus walk through the room, now, he can do this, right? <laughs> but unless I see Jesus walk in the room, come to me where I'm at, and lay hands on me, I won't be healed. If my faith's in that, I can't receive the, the anointing from Kevin or Cheryl. I, I've said, I only believe in this way to be whole. Do you see why people are getting healed? You see, you see that? Because they said, well, 
this, see, the, the guy believed in Je- This guy says, I need Jesus to tell me he's willing. But Jesus laid hands on him. He wasn't, he wasn't healed because of the hands. He was healed because he believed. Jesus did not lay hands on, on, the, on the lady. She, in a, by your faith, you've been made whole. Not by my touch, right? So if I believe I can only be healed by Benny Hinn, and you pray for me, I'm not healed. I'm limiting what God can do, right? If I say God can use any vessel, if I, if I believe that God in you, or you, or you, or you, and you, can heal me, then I can receive my healing. What about the God in me? How many people know people that are healers, or walking <laughs> ministry, who are sick themselves? Yeah. What is their belief system? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not attacking. The question is, what do they believe, it's right? It's about, but what do you, if you believe it or not? Many people don't believe Jesus will heal through a common individual. No. I'm in, I'm in, a, I'm in a prayer, I'm in a, I'm in a queue, I'm in a queue, I'm in a pew, and the Lord says, "You want to be healed?" Yes, Lord. I want something, the light, you know, the lightning or something. The Lord says, "The seven-year-old here. If you let the seven-year-old pray for you, you'd be healed." What? Yes. Now, do I want to be healed my way or his way? Is that being a respected person too? Well, I don't yeah. Come on. It's your belief system, right? Hallelujah. What is your belief system keeping you from? So I'm sitting there going like, I'm looking at the kid. The guy's picking his nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, he just... He, he just is, you know, it's the anointing. He's getting the anointing. He's getting it ready. Warm it up, warm it up. I'm looking at the kid going like, he, I don't respect him. It, it can't be him, right? No good thing comes out of Nazareth, right? My Messiah looks like this. Well, excuse me. Which plan do you want? My plan or what you think is my plan? Right? So I'm looking at this kid going, doesn't look like he's anointed. He's all, you know, thinking it's not. <laughs> and my pastor's right there, you know. And my pastor's wife right there. She's waiting on it. I don't know. I don't know his background. <laughs> he may not be saved. No. <laughs> right? You know. And I'm looking at him going like, now the, what I know is what he said. Okay. The Lord says, do you want to be healed? Yes, I want to be healed. <laughs> Lord, I want to be healed by soaking. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're putting conditions on me? Who's Lord? Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. You have to tell the Lord how you want it. Ouch. <laughs> Who do you think you are? Now, you can talk to a friend, but when you put a demand, Father, I believe that you should have the third person from the left. Yes, hallelujah. I like their suit. I know their background. I've listened to three of their tape series. This, that's the one. Oh, yes, yes. Hallelujah. He has said hallelujah a few things because God accepts things and say hallelujah with it. <laughs> Where do we get this stuff from, right? It's a familiar spirit, right? You know, we get, you know, we're like going, I can't say hallelujah. I didn't say that. 
I'm saying, why do we think that makes it better? <laughs> oh, Wally's a hallelujah. Angel, is that anointed? No, but Wally thinks it is. <laughs> He'll get over it. He'll grow through that. You know? And so I'm looking at the kid, and all of a sudden, you know, his parents are there, because he's seven years old, right? He's not there by himself, right? I think they're about to leave. Now I've got a time deal, like... <laughs> you know, you know, and I'm thinking surely my healing is not dependent upon a seven-year-old. There's no scripture. You know, I need a scripture, you know. And I'm learning to hear God's voice. We're all learning, right? You know, it's, sometimes it's easy. Some da, 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 da. This doesn't line up my deal. So I go, fine. Hey, can you pray for me? What? <laughs> can you pull it out? I mean, what? <laughs> he goes, you want me to pray for you? Now, inside, no, I don't. <laughs> I want him to pray. I want, I want the, you know, I don't want, you know. So, and so I'm, 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 I'm dealing with the reason thing in me, right? And he says, do you want to pray for me? I want to go, yes. Really? Stop, don't push it. You know? I go, no, I'm thinking, I, I don't, I've never seen him pray for anybody. I mean, I, you know, I don't know if he even knows how to pray, right? So I'm thinking, please don't put the booger finger on me. <laughs> kind of thing. I don't say that because maybe that's what anointing is. I don't, you know. And I go, yeah. And I'm, at this point is, what can I lose, right? We need to be at that place. What the hay, you know. The what the hay anointing. Let it rain, you know. And so he comes, he, you, know, you know, pews are not that wide, so, but he's so small, he's standing in the, in the pew. I can't do that, I gotta stand sideways. So he's there, he slaps my leg, thinking, the pain's not there. <laughs> I think if you're really anointed, you know where the pain is. <laughs> but I'm trying not to do that, I'm trying to, I'm trying to believe what I heard and not doubt the kid, not doubt, not be in fear. Maybe I'll get something from the booger, you know, you know, maybe the parents don't allow his kid to pray for other people, you know, all this stuff is about to go through my head. So that's, I go, yeah, do it, man. He goes, and I'm waiting for a prayer. He went, and he prays to himself. <laughs> that's not legal. It don't work. You know what I mean? I'm waiting. How can I agree with it? Because he's, he went, that's what he learned. I mean, that's just, you know, at home, they don't pray out loud. He just, when we pray out loud in church, he went, and I'm waiting. He does, and he turns. And I'm like, and Lord goes, do you want him to say something? And I go, oh, don't I need him to say, I'm, I'm, you know, he says, well, I don't know, do you need him to say something? And I go, well, my symptoms are gone. And I went, now, it makes no sense at all, right? We're not called to live by sense. The just live by faith, right? So how do you want to live, right? You're spirit beings, and you live a spirit life, right? So we need to renew our mind to the way of the spirit, and that way always works. Not to the way of our belief system, right? So this guy, for whatever reason, his belief was in is he willing? I'm all, I'm 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 100% on that. I believe he can, but I have some doubts about will he. 
Jesus, deal with my doubt. And he did. And now he was good to go. Right? Let's turn to Mark 5, the lady. Mark 5, verse 25 through 34. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. I can't even comprehend that, you know. And who endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better but instead grew worse. She heard the reports concerning Jesus. She came up behind him in the throng. A throng is like, that's a big deal, right? And this woman somehow pressed through a group of people that I'm sure there was a, a few men, you know. How did you press through that? She was determined. And touched his garment. For she kept saying, if only I touch his garments. Not even his skin, you know. I'm thinking like, I need to have flesh-to-flesh contact, right? She's got his garments. Where'd she get that from, right? I think she got it from her, her time with the Lord. He got, she got a word of wisdom. Just touch his garment, Right? And that, that's an opinion. I, I don't know for a fact. She kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source. And suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, you see the crowd pressing hard around you from the sides. Why are you saying who touched me? You know, the disciples were like going, they're not in the spirit. They're in the throng. <laughs> you know, they're like, we're trying to get to point B. And somehow you pick the busy rush, you know, and everyone thinks you're Messiah, yada, yada. So they're, they're just whatever, right? She kept saying to herself, when, I know, when did you start saying that? Obviously it wasn't day one, right? She started saying it after she heard the reports, right? So she, if she had this problem for 12 years, Jesus wasn't ministering 12 years ago, right? So only, the only hope she had was the Old Testament, right? And she had whatever the Hebraic law talked about for healing, you know. And obviously she probably tried it, you know. She's most likely Jewish because she's with the Jewish Messiah. But she went to these doctors, some most likely Jewish doctors, and they did whatever level of medicine, but with no benefit. She had to have some money because she did it for 12 years, right? And it talks about she ran out of resources. So she did everything she could do. Then, then she heard a report. Who did she hear the report from? Was it her family member? Well, you know they think she's crazy because she wasted all her money on the doctors. And you know how some friends are, oh, no more money? Uh, we can't we can't drive you to the meeting anymore. Have you been there? I've been there. I don't have the resources to get to the meeting that I need to be at. So people stop stop inviting me because I can't even pay for gas money anymore, and you know whatever. So she's not in that group anymore because her finances are gone. Right? It doesn't talk about a husband. Was her husband not a husband? Who knows? But obviously he's not helping. You know, or did he help and he got her through the throng? You know, but doesn't mention it. So 12 years before Jesus has a healing ministry, she's going through who knows of suffering, what kind of words and declarations. Obviously, there's your generational cursed, right? 
Um, all this stuff. Obviously, if God loved you, you would have been healed already. God would have used, uh, you know, all the stuff she's battling with mentally, uh, emotionally, and the physical whole deal. But I don't know what this ailment does to her physically, right? But, you know, loss of blood at a minimum is weakness, right? So you have this weak lady who's mentally scarred and has all the decrees and words of a doctor, and she hears a report. She's got to decide to believe this report she's heard about Jesus over 12 years of indoctrination from medicine, from family, and from her own self, right? And somewhere, she gets a word of knowledge and says the word of knowledge. If I can touch his garment, I'll be healed. I don't think she heard a report about this before. But somehow, she believed this statement. And somehow, she said, okay, his garments are usually where he is. <laughs> right? She found out where he was, because he wasn't everywhere. You know, because he was not trans-relocating. He was, and he, there was no YouTube, Jesus coming next week, you know. <laughs> And he was, he was all over the area, so somehow she's, she's stalking him through some way, right? And she's now fixated on, okay, my new belief system, because it obviously wasn't her old belief system. Her old belief system was in doctors, right? She, start, she made a change. She made a, a paradigm shift. She changed her whole belief system. I now believe if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. She had no doubt at all. She kept saying, she got to that place, right? I think I've been more afraid of being trampled in the, in the crowd than, than anything, right? Why didn't she go to one of those meetings, where was, one of those house meetings? Maybe she wasn't invited. Maybe she didn't know about it. So this opportunity came. He's close enough, right? She couldn't she had to drive anywhere. She obviously couldn't walk someplace, right? Right? So it had to be local, right? He finally came to the city, and so she's ready. I believe if I can just touch his garment. I don't need him to look at me. I don't need him to touch me. I just need to touch. Some reason she believes this. I don't know why she believes it, but she does. And she does it. She touches his garment, and then she feels it. It works. The wild thing is Jesus feels it too. I know that just kind of like, what's up with that, right? Was anyone else healed that way, you know? When Peter did the shadow thing, did Peter know he shadowed something when, you know, was this in that same category? But it was her belief. She believed that. So back to the formula. Somehow she got to, I believe this, this thing here. I know this to be true for me. And it happened and she was healed. The guy says, if I get my doubt fixed, if I get my doubt from unknown to known, I'll be healed. Neither one of them were feared people, but in that throng, how many other people wanted to be healed? And thought, if I just joined the group, you know, if I'm just with the group, if I just stand in the city, you know, if I, 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 I'm sure there's at least one other sick person there that didn't get healed, you know. What was their belief system? Well, I'd like to be healed, but I don't think he, he, he does that anymore. She knew. Right? She knew. She knew. She was risking her life just going into public because she was right. unclean. Yeah. So she knew if she got to him, it was... 
Or was he? Die or be healed. That's right. Die or be healed. Yeah. yeah. So, but you know, in a group, you know, any church meeting you want to go to, there's people in doubt. There's people in full faith. There's people in doubt and faith. There's people. I mean, in those categories, right? Yeah. So, how do you help them? Well, help them realize where they are, because they can adjust. If that lady who's 12 years in whatever she's at, she has no hope. Jesus does not exist in that, he's not manifested healing in that 12-year period, right? And she's done everything she can do, right? And she can't go to synagogue because she's unclean, right? Who knows who talks to them, right? Who talks to the, that group that's unclean? Who's the missionary to the unclean, right? Who snuck her in the city, right? Obviously, there's doctors who know she's the unclean one because she went to the doctors, right? 12 years earlier, she wasn't unclean. You know, 13 years ago, she was, you know, a respectable person in society. You know, then all of a sudden this happened, and now she's in a different group. And so somehow she started believing. And somehow we need to start believing too. We need to confront our unbelief. We need to confront our fears. We need to confront our doubts and be believing believers who believe. And that's it. Right? And if we become believing believers to believe in different areas of our life, whether it be, well, the veil's been rent, everyone else is going to heaven, but I know you can go, but I have a few doubts. So you don't go. You don't go until you know you can go. Right? Well, I learned this week that uh, I can be a principality over North Carolina or any state I want to. But that's good for that guy and good for that intercessor. But I have a few doubts. Or, I don't want to be over a territory. I have fear. I'm sure that's not me. And you won't be. Right? Well, I know it's true for eight people, but is it true for the ninth person? That's faith and doubt. Right? Doubt. Not good for me. Matter of fact, I don't think anyone can do that. I like the way he talked, though. He was a funny man. You know. But you can't be you can't be over a territory unless Holy Spirit tells you to be under over a territory or you pick a fight with the principality that's not your fight to pick. You can do anything you want to, actually. Now whether you win or not is a story, right? And and there's about relationship too, right? So so we, let's not act like there's like I used to believe that God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, they were so busy with the big names. I had to wait until they were free from everybody else that maybe I could have a relationship with them. So I was hoping that the Holy Spirit would tell me what I could do or not do. I didn't know that every son of God is led by the Spirit, that he's able to be talk to me personally one-on-one, right? I didn't know that. My belief system said he only talked to special people, right? Once I finally got over that, that, okay, he can talk to everybody, they had to go, but he probably doesn't want to talk to me, right? Once I got over that, it was like, okay, he can talk to me, but do I want to hear them, hear him? He may say something I don't like. Once I got over that, you know, I had to get to where I could be a believing, right? So once, a, so believing in a personal experience, not it works for Wally, it works for Ruth Ann, you know, it works for Ruth Ann, but it doesn't work for me. I hear the testimony, Ruth Ann, da 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 da. But how do I make Ruth Ann's testimony be mine? 
do I believe that report for me? I believe it for you, but do I believe it for me? It's, it's about me now, right? And so, wow, so are you saying that if I believe what God said and don't doubt and fear not, it'll happen? That's what I'm saying. But it's not assuming, right? It's not like I've, I've been people, yes, I believe. Well, I'm not trying to be rude, but do you really believe? Well, I really believe it for you. And I'm hoping that you, you lay hands on me. Whoa, red flag, you know. Okay, let's talk about this here, you know. Um, you came up for prayer. What are you believing? Do you believe, and I know some ministers who say this, do you believe when I lay my hands on you that you'll be healed? And I've been there as a catcher. I've heard them say, I surely hope so. I've come up, this is my 12th time for prayer. And, you know, if this doesn't work, I'm going to the doctor tomorrow anyway. And I'm the catcher, right? I'm listening going like, I'm like going, dude, you're not getting jack. <laughs> you know? And, uh, I'm thinking like, dude, well, I'm thinking. Now, again, he didn't know, right? That was his belief system. Now, the sad thing is, the guy goes and pray for him, prays for him anyway. Now, I, I'm thinking like, well, I, okay, I'm just a catcher, right? I go to the next guy. Do you believe when I lay hands on you, you'll be, you'll be healed? Oh, yes. You know, and then a lady, I don't know why it's a lady, lady yes, you know, I had a dream. I saw, I saw your hand touch me right here. And in the dream, I was... I went, I wanted to see her face. You know? I didn't. And um, so she knew because of her dream and her faith that God and the guy would do that. And I didn't, I didn't check with after, but I did catch her and put it out, right? Get the next person. Guys, he said, Do you believe? And he was, he was putting the responsibility off of him onto the people, right? And I've been other places. All those who believe that you can be healed, come forward and tap and go. Tap, 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 right? And that's, again, kind of on the person. But, there's a, but in that situation, you don't know what they believe, right? You, you don't know, right? So is the goal for me to tap your forehead or for you to be healed? What's the goal? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're in the kitchen. You can't speak. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, when have you heard that in the ministry? You know, he, 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 he specifically asked them to leave if they didn't believe to, to leave the room. But how many prayer meetings, how many meetings have you been in where anyone from the stage has asked anyone to leave? Right. Why? You do? So how come we don't deal with unbelief that way? <gasps> Ruth then told the truth. <laughs> Remove her. <laughs> What's that? What'd you say? We're politically correct. We're politically correct, right? We'd rather be politically correct than God correct. Now, forget the crowd. You're one on one with God, right? And you get an issue. What's a common one? Finances. Oh! <laughs> that will be real. Finances. We all need money for something, right? Um, and so either we don't talk about it with the Lord. Because he knows all things. Well, that's, don't do that. We need to know what he knows about finances. Okay? We need to be believed. We need to be, you know, Father, do you want me to have a million dollars? 
Yeah. But if, if Anna gets Stuart... Well, hold on. We're talking about you talking to God, right? It's not about if. It's, Father, I have a need. And because he speaks to us, he talks about, well, Wally, here's what you need to do to meet your need. It's just not the Christmas list. You know, here you go. I'll be back on the 25th. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at the tree and hopefully you got my gifts. You know, we were a three gift family. We gave my list, you know, to my dad, three gifts. And we look at the tree, it's the same three gifts. I've taken that to the king. Here you go. I'll expect these on the 25th or someday I pick, right? 25th comes. I don't see any of my gifts. What kind of God are you? Right? That's my belief system. Now, that's not right, but I've put my belief system on God. Okay? So it's not about the God only gives things to good stewards. We need to ask God what the deal is and not assume. Okay? So, again, back to the finite being very, very real. Wow. For me, um, my car is over 220,000 miles. I think it's time for a new car. How, How many times have I talked to the Lord about my car? Not that much. Honestly. Right. In the natural, you know, after a few hundred thousand miles, you should trade in. You know, kind of deal. I haven't done that. I haven't looked at new cars or any cars. What am I what am I believing for? What am I believing for? What am I saying in my heart, in my mouth? I'm honestly not saying anything. So why would I expect something to happen when I just read two scriptures about she said I said in my heart, or when was, you know, she said, I believe if I only touch him's garden, I'd be healed. What am I believing for in my financial situation right now? What am I doing on my side for my car? I'm actually doing nothing. So why should I expect something? And it's being real, right? Hmm. So uh, I had a conversation with a guy the other day, and I, I realized that on stuff I need to mix my emotions with my expectations, right? And so this guy says, you need to do that. I go, yeah, I need to do that. I hadn't done it because I don't. And the teaching was about, because, um, you know, you're a three-part being, you know, so if you're not fully engaged, then maybe you don't fully believe. And I was like, ah. And the guy goes, most people don't mix their emotions because they're afraid of being rejected again or, or of, of the feeling of defeat, I hate defeat. I hate feeling defeat, right? I realize, ooh, that's me. Now I have great faith, but I don't put my emotions out there too, right? And so, hmm. And so, in this situation, I said, wow, I believe God for this a financial number. And so, the, in, the, in the teaching, it was when you, what do you feel, you know, see yourself, uh, in my case, it was, um, I had a word, and the Lord said, like, when the Lord says, write the check, write the check. So I was confessing what the prophet said and what I knew God said. So I was believing, changing my belief system, there would be a time when God would say, write the check, which means I have money in the account to write the check, right? And so I was declaring it, declaring it, and I was like, okay, I'm feeling good about this. Then I hear this teaching about, um, how do you feel about that check? I feel nothing. I'm a faith man. (laughs) That's what I said, right? And I went, hmm. So then I start, so, so I'm talking to a guy about this, being honest about the deal. And the guy goes, why don't you write a check, put it on your wall, and look at the check. I go, 
I can do that? <laughs> yes. You know. So I, now in my room, I have a check, which I wrote out, for $1,200,000. In the register part, it says House of Refuge. And one day, I'll write a check and give it to my wife. That's my wife's vision. Okay? The check is right there. Now, what I'm doing now is I see myself writing the check. And I feel the joy I will have when I tear it out of the register and go, here you go. Now, I'm now attaching the joy with it. I have never done that before a week and a half ago. Okay? So that's a part of me. My feelings and my emotions, which are real, which I didn't know about that two years ago. I re- repress my feelings. You know? But now I'm, I'm like, wait a minute. So I'm, I'm, this is one area that I'm practicing this with. I'm attaching my feelings to my faith. Right? I can see myself writing the check. And now I'm rejoicing when I tear it out of the register I'm giving it to my wife. He's like, this is for me? Yes, honey. We have so much. doesn't matter this $1.2 million. Go buy that house. The house of refuge. And I can see your face go, <laughs> you know. And I'm now connecting that, right? So my faith and my belief system is changing. It's not like, oh, one day when I get $1.2 million, she's going to want it. If I give it all to her, I'll have nothing left. I believe for it, and now she's going to use it. When I believe there's so much abundance that's rejoicing, it's not her going like, am I taking this from you? No! He's got a lot. I'm just the channel. Woohoo! Go for it. I don't care if you're a good steward. Because I'm, a fr- I'm free to give, Right? And so, like, the word I had for this group other night was, you know, the Lord said, give them all crowns. And I was, well, maybe they won't use the crowns well. He goes, I've got plenty. Really? I thought you'd be only. So in her book of life, you saw that she'd use it wisely if I did that. He goes, doesn't matter. Give her a crown. Shut up. (laughs) See, I saw God as stingy, Right? God's not stingy. I saw God for many years as um, it only give me what I could, what I needed. God's plenty abundant, God. Yes. Right. So if if you'll be open to Him, He'll show you areas they're just not quite right. It's according right? to His riches. Yeah. Not your ability, not your performance. Supplies according to His riches. Yeah. So we. I've personally not ever mistakes. Money wise, like- <laughs> yeah. Wally, you you gave money to a a crook, therefore you're not getting more money. Ha. That's my belief system. Oh, wow. that's not God's. Yeah. Okay. So there there are so many things. If you're willing to rest with Him, and so the thing is, we don't want to be. I had a I had a vision one time early on. And I went forward and I gave the word, and the word was, um, the power of God is present right now to release anyone from any uh, shackle or bondage. It's right here. If you come forward, your shackles that are binding you that you've been at will be destroyed by, by the power of his presence. Do not be afraid to come forward. 
Now, I, I wondered why he said that, do not be afraid to come forward. And no one came forward. Oh, wow. Okay? And I sat down thinking, well, I know I miss it a lot, but I knew for sure this was you. So I went home and I said, well, what's up with that? He says, they were afraid of the power. They thought the power that was going to break this would get them. They thought they were this. They thought they were the problem. That was, yeah, they thought they were the sin. They thought they were the issue also. Because they were taught that, oh, you're unclean because you touched unclean thing. Which I believe that too, right? And so because they were afraid of the power, the power was unable to, to free them. Because they believed that they'd be destroyed too with the thing. But we know, we all know that they went to the fiery furnace, their bondages freed them, and they were untouched by that fire. Right? It doesn't make any sense, but that's the way it worked. And so for me personally, um, I will say I'm approaching Father, but part of me will go like, well, you know, I'm not sure what he's going to do about this area. <laughs> Maybe he'll expose me publicly. Right? So if you go if you go to a prophetic meeting with any fear of your sin being exposed, you may get a word, but not the word that you need. Okay? When I give a word about somebody, it's easier when a person's wide open. Okay? Because you can cover yourself and I I can't see. I can't see your book. I'm not, not I mean she's okay. Um <laughs> Because you, 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 every person here has the ability to cover themselves. Or you can share yourself. We're called as a body to share ourselves, but we're afraid because we've been hurt by people we've opened ourselves up to. Right? I've been hurt by believers. I've been hurt by more believers than by non-believers. Non-believers are nice. Believers are mean. <laughs> right? You know, believers are skilled at killing you. <laughs> Non-believers accidentally hurt you, you know. Believers do it on purpose and really effective. That's sad. Believers use God's authority and his word. To yeah, and it's, the word is sharp, you know. Slice and dice, and I was really good at it. and still good. I'm getting better at not being good at that. So, um, so I just want to kind of close that from that point and then just kind of go into any questions off 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 camera off tape